The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, how long has it been since we've had Dr. Darren Webb, economist, on with us? As, as I recall, I think it's been two maybe three months it's been a ago. while uh, and, and, and you know uh we don't do it enough hey, that's huh? right so we need to make sure that uh, now there's no excuse that we don't have dr webb on right that's right because as of today as of today he's retired so he's the recently retired state economist for the state of mississippi dr darren webb dr webb uh thanks a lot for being with us we always are very complimented to have you with us well, I'm always glad to be on. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, well, uh, tell us about this retirement thing. Uh, I didn't think you were old enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm uh, fairly young. Uh, uh, I'm 55, so uh, but uh, I had 27 years in, and uh, so it's a little bit early, a little, little early for retirement, but uh, it's time to do something different. So yeah, I'm yeah. I looking forward to a new adventure. Yeah, the, the the good Lord, uh, you know, uh, has various stages planned for our life, right? And uh, that's right. So, that's right. so here you are at the at this next phase. Bubba and I do this quite often, uh, you know, deal with and help people who are retirement age, and uh, you know, we find that uh, the statistics tell us, and you're a, a a child and and a student of statistics that people who uh, retire in the mid to late 50s who are relatively of good health, they got, what, 30 or 40 more years to live? So uh-huh. congratulations. Well, I, I hope that's true. I hope I bear with the statistics. That'll be great. <laughs> We've had a whole lot of uh, challenges since we last talked to you, haven't we? Yes, yes, yes. The economy's uh, kind of been on a little bit of a roller coaster, but, uh, but I think things are... Um, they're, well, I guess we, I guess you could say we're a little bit more clear on a little bit more focused on where we see things going than, than what it was probably uh, I guess the last time I was on it was okay. Uh, there's still a lot of uncertainty, but uh, I think the story uh, that we're seeing as, the, as far as the economy goes uh-huh. remains pretty much the same. Uh, okay. we, we feel like uh, we saw a pretty sharp decline in the first half of the year, mainly in the second quarter. Yeah. Uh, but then growth kind of began to, to pick up in uh, the third. And, uh, but the, the breadth and the, the depth of the recession that we, we went into was probably uh, great enough that it's still going to take us probably uh, to the end of next year before Ooh. we regain all the lost ground. Okay. Uh, so that story, you know, the numbers the numbers get shifted around, but that's, that's kind of been the basic uh, um, hypothesis as far as how the economy is going to develop uh, really for several months now, even I think when I talked to you last time, mm-hmm. but uh, numbers changed a little bit. I think the, the latest number from BEA says that uh, uh, the economy plunged about thirty, almost thirty-two percent in the second quarter, which is just mm-hmm. phenomenal. That's the mm-hmm. sharpest decline that we've ever seen. Uh, 
Uh, and it came on, on the heels of a decline in the first quarter, which I mean, the, the first quarter decline was, was primarily because of March. I mean, basically the economy, you know, slammed on the brakes. Uh, we, everybody went home for, for several weeks. And, uh, but growth, as I said, it's already, it's already pretty clear sign that we, we have already opened back up. I mean, we've, the economy went into recession officially, I think, in March. And I think it unofficially uh, exited that recession in, in May. Okay. Uh, so, you know, still, like I said, we, we see pretty good signs of, of growth. Uh, for the third quarter, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, I think if you if you look at some of the statistics, that we kind of went a little wobbly in midsummer. Uh, that is, a, we, we saw we seeing real strong growth, and we kind of flattened out a little bit. Uh, but still, I mean, the third quarter is going to be a, a very robust, you know, somewhere around 24 percent annualized growth. So, so for the layman who's walking around on the street listening to our show today, when you're saying the economy uh, went down markedly and, and it came back and we went into recession, all these measurements, uh, when we say the economy, we talk about GDP. Uh, what, That's right. What, yes. what is That's, the measurement? We use that when you talk about the economy, we talk about GDP. And really... You know, that's just a, a comprehensive measure of everything that is produced. It's the best that we can uh, come up with as far as not, it's not perfect, but it's the best that we can come up with is measuring the overall uh, production of the economy. Okay. Uh, and so that's whenever you hear on the radio or any news broadcast, the economy did this, the economy did that. That's usually what we're talking about. Okay. Um, if you want to think about it in, in more concrete uh, statistics or trends, I mean, uh, you, know, you, you can just imagine employment. Employment, we saw tremendous, tremendous declines in employment. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think at the national level, we're somewhere, we've recovered somewhere around 42% of the, of the decline in jobs. We experienced decline in March and April, and we've recovered about 42% of those jobs. Uh, I think Mississippi's actually doing a little bit better. We've, we've recovered somewhere around 61% uh, of the jobs we've lost. Uh, so we've actually performed a little bit better in this recession. Uh, in this whole event, and the nation as a whole. So well, that's, that's that a would thing. probably tell us that we were probably pretty strong before we went into it. In other words, well, you know, if you fall down and you get back up really fast, you're probably in better shape than the guy who falls down. It takes him a while to get back to his feet, right? Well, I, I think the nation and the state were, were doing quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were looking at another year of, of over 1% growth, I think, for this year. Uh, before the recession, mm-hmm. and uh, and which is for us, it's not as strong as a nation, but it was it's it's very robust for us, especially in, this, in the post Great Recession. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's very good growth. Uh, but um, but I think the reason why we've done better, at least just in theorizing, I guess, we we didn't have as much in, in invested in the service sector as the nation as a whole, mm-hmm. and that's the sector that got hit the hardest. I mean, mm. hotels, the restaurant business, and sorts of things. And we've got a, we've got those in the, in the state, obviously, mm-hmm. but but that's not as big a portion of our economy. And, and and actually, we have more in government than the nation as a whole. So a lot of school teachers and things like this, and those those folks, they went home, but they went home and they worked from home. So mm-hmm. they they kept their paychecks, and so that kind of gave us a little bit of a buffer. And then. Also, we didn't shut down as long as the rest of the country, right. and I think that's helped us. I mean, you can people can argue all day long about the viruses and how it's transmitted and all this. I'm, that's not my area. Right. But as far as the economy goes, us not shutting down as as quickly and then not being shut down as long, 
uh, helped our economy. I'm, I'm certain of that. Uh, that. That makes sense. We're going to go to a break here at the Advisors okay. Roundtable. Um, certified financial planners Bubba Labus and Greg Cooley here with Dr. Darren Webb, economist, and we're going to continue to pick his brain. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners Bubba Labus and yours truly Greg Cooley here on Super Talk Radio today with Dr. Darren Webb. And uh, he's our resident economist helping us understand not just uh, what has happened in the past, but maybe some projections of what uh, could happen in the future. Dr. Webb, let's talk a little bit about um, you know the, the numbers that you have and how you're looking at the future, and then maybe in general how those numbers are derived and leading economic indicators and lagging economic indicators, a lot of stuff. I guess I'm just winding you up and going to let you go there. Okay. Well, you know, when, you, when you're looking at the economy, the, the more data that you can look at, the better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, at the state economist office, we we try to look at basically anything that uh, gives us any kind of measure at all about what's happening in the economy. And uh, we do have a set of leading indicators and index that we we construct. Uh, and one of the, some of the things that we found very very helpful uh, in terms of, of getting a handle on the economy mm-hmm. has been things like initial unemployment claims, uh, manufacturing work week length. Those are you know, some local numbers, numbers we can get for the state that kind of gives us a quick picture of, of that. Uh, withholdings. Withholdings, and you know, of course, the income tax withholdings at the state of Mississippi. When you when you get a paycheck, the state of Mississippi withholds certain amounts of, of your money for, for taxes. Mm-hmm. I track that very, very carefully. I think that's probably the best overall indicator as far as a timely indicator of how the economy is doing. Uh, you know, there are some others that we look at, uh, mainly because we get a lot of questions about them, but they're more of a lagging indicator. Mm-hmm. Things like unemployment rate. The unemployment rate, to me, is not especially useful, uh, but people do like to talk about it. So we we, we track that. It, it does kind of sometimes help us get an idea of what has happened. Uh, but but, uh, but uh, the other indicators, payroll employment, we'll track that pretty carefully. Mm-hmm. And then we look at national numbers as well. We, we're, we try to get, as, like I said, as many things as we, as many, as, as many indicators as we can come up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even trying to, try to get years ago some things that are a little bit more innovative. We, I, I looked at diesel fuel consumption, for example, mm-hmm. to look at how much trucking was uh, happening in the state of Mississippi. And, uh, I tried to get uh, uh, energy consumption in terms of electricity. I tried to get that, never very successful at getting a, a, a for the whole state. But uh, but you just you know what you're looking for is to get some idea of what people are doing and how they're responding to the economic forces. And uh, and like I said, you know what we've seen so far is has been uh, it, it sort of confirmed what we expected to happen. Mm-hmm. We we look at in Mississippi, for example, retail sales. Retail sales are up um, very very strong the past few months. I think July was up 17% over the year ago. Um, initial claims, we've seen those declining for the past three months. Uh, payroll employment, we've seen that increasing for the past three months. So um, these are all things that, again, are sort of painting that picture of how the economy is doing. And is it performing as you expected? And as I said, I think it, I think it has by and large. And I mean, as I mentioned before, we've, we've seen some flattening out of some things. Uh, you know, as far as during the middle part of the summer, we uh, we, we were seeing a, a, a few trends where things were going a little bit flattened and uh, gasoline consumption, for example. We look at that, and okay. uh, that sort of flattened out. It's, it's picking back up right now. Um, uh, I don't know, uh, seated dining. Mm. Uh, seated dining, is another, that's a national number that we would look at. 
Uh, and I think right now it's some, running somewhere around 48% below the year ago. But that's an improvement from what we had been seeing. We, mm-hmm. When the economy first opened up, you saw a surge in that number, uh, but then it sort of flattened out, and now it's starting to gradually increase as well. Where do you uh, get these numbers? Up. You know, like diesel well, we, consumption we, we, and we, seated dining. We look at some of those are, are by trade organizations. Okay. You know, the uh, we, we, uh, I guess uh, restaurant uh, trade organizations mm-hmm. that publishes that. Uh, we we subscribe to some data services that allow us to to get it all in one place, and that's kind of how we look at that. Mm-hmm. So. There's uh, there's some similar trade organizations for hotels and uh, there's air travel data as well. I mean, we can sort of look at uh, how those things are performing at a national level. We can't always get the state level numbers on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the state level numbers, you know, we're we're much more much more limited. So, mm-hmm. uh, but we still can get state level numbers. As I said, we we can look at sales tax and withholdings, initial claims, employment trends, unemployment trends. Uh, work week length, we can look at those kind of numbers at the state level, and, and that's what we do. We've got uh, folks, uh, we've got a guy at uh, our office, Corey Miller, He's that's what he does. He, he I, I pick and say he keeps his finger on the pulse of the state's economy. So. <laughs> well, you you, you got to have those people to be able to give those numbers to you that you think are valid so that you can make the right reports, right? That's, that's right, that's right, and it gets factored into our projections. We we track those to kind of get a, an idea of what the story is, and then we, we make forecasts. You know, we, we predict where we think uh, things are going to go. And, um, so that's, that's do you, what do you economists ever get do. Uh, a little frustrated when you watch the nightly news as an economist? You know, they, they seem to concentrate, obviously, always on the negative because, you know, whatever bleeds leads. Um, but, you know, they concentrate on the thing like the unemployment rate, which you just indicated to you, for you personally, is not that big a, a deal. Uh, do you find yourself talking back to the television a lot? I, you know, I actually decided a long time ago not to watch the news. I mean, it was a decision. I read, I read the papers and try to keep up with what's happening, but, uh, and, I, and, and certainly the papers are also negative as well. But mm-hmm. I, I deliberately avoid uh, a lot of those and try to focus more on the on the actual economic reports, because that's that's going to give a, a more objective analysis. I guess my frustration comes when I when I hear either politicians on one side or the other that misuse statistics, or uh, reporters that uh, you know deliberately trying to maybe present a certain narrative, and, and that does get frustrating to me, especially when they're asking me questions about it, and and they're not uh, you know they're they're not reporting it as I'm as I'm actually explaining it. They're reporting it in a different light, but. You know, like the unemployment number. The unemployment number, as I said, it just, it just doesn't really tell us a whole lot. Uh, it's, you know, it's much better to go with initial claims number, which is the, the number of people who walked in and said, I just lost my job. And that has been proven over and over again to be a, a really good leading indicator of, of where the economy is, is going. When you start seeing that number spike, then, uh, then that's, that's showing you trouble. When you start seeing it fall, you're seeing an improvement. So, mm-hmm. Well, uh, my mother had this indicator. She set us up. It took me uh, a, a while to figure this out, but you know, she'd send us to our rooms, tell us to clean our rooms, but she would put the, the broom at a certain angle in the hallway. And then she'd call me up and she'd you know, say, hey, Greg, have you cleaned your room? I said, yes, ma'am. And she'd look in there, and if that broom hadn't changed its angle... <laughs> That's a smart lady now. <laughs> she knew I was lying. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that was an indicator to her, you know. Uh, but uh, you need people 
like that, like you, that are, you know, thinking a little below uh, and deeper than, you know, just initial responses. You, you need people to really look at the, at the real numbers and, and figure out what's really going on. Did Greg really touch the broom? Uh, you know, um, and and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and then be able to present it in such a way that that people can understand it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. Year, years ago, I had a, a young lady call me up, and she, uh, I think she was in college, and maybe she was in high school. I'm not sure. She was looking for some numbers, some statistics, and I helped her find it. And she said, "Well, can I ask you uh, a personal question?" I said, "Well, sure." And she said, "Well, you just look at data all day and then write about it." And I said, "Yes, I do." And she says. Well, that's so glamorous. And uh, I thought to myself, Mississippi really does have a drug problem. (laughs) (laughs) I just never thought of what we do as being glamorous. As being glamorous. (laughs) Well, um, you, if somebody was, uh, and I'm going to take an aside here before we take this, this next break, but if somebody was interested in what they hear you say and they think it's what you're doing or did in, in, in your career was, was glamorous and they want to become uh, an economist, do they need to be a mathematician? Oh. It does help, I tell you. you know, the higher you grow up in economics, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the more math is involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and it's not as complicated as people think. I mean, it's you know a lot of calculus, but mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, you, you, the more math you can get, the better you'll be. So yeah, and probably an interest in history and civics and you know, a, a bunch of other things would really help you, wouldn't it? I, I think the best thing that you can be is to be someone who's analytical because mm-hmm. economics is all about you know trying to figure out what the story is behind the data. I mean, trying to understand. Mm-hmm what is actually happening and someone who is very very analytical i think that they'll they'll thrive in that in that environment someone who likes to figure out things work puzzles uh, that's the kind of you know person you're looking for to be an economist does do do you get people from time to time come up to you and ask you hey you know what do i need to do to be you no, not really. really? We, um, I think most people, when I say I'm an economist, they have no idea what that is. They assume I'm an accountant. Uh, they, they don't know the distinction between an accountant and an economist. So. But uh, I guess people who do know, I mean, they, they are uh, know more about it. They, there have been a few over the years, like the young lady. I mean, she, she really did believe it was glamorous. I, I joke about it, but she, she saw that as glamorous. And, um, and you know, I, mean, I, I enjoy it. And so I, it's not too strange that other people could enjoy it as well. I'm not, I'm not that odd. <laughs> I got you. We're going to take another break here at the Advisors Roundtable with Dr. Darren Webb joining Greg and Bubba. And we'll come back after this break and continue this conversation about economics and maybe what's around the horizon right here. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners, Bubba Lavis, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you here on Super Talk Radio with a recently retired state economist for the state of Mississippi, Dr. Darren Webb. Dr. Webb, we were talking a, a little earlier uh, about uh, projections and, and economic indicators uh, coming out of this uh, most recent re- uh, recession and dealing with the pandemic. What do you think about 2021? Well, I mean, I think, again, you know, 20 is, is going to be a down year. Um, we, we've, we've already seen the first half of the year extremely weak. We are seeing growth right now for the uh, for the third quarter. We expect that to be fairly robust. But as we go into the fourth quarter, I think you're going to see a little bit of a flattening of growth. 
Um, you know, the, the economy is not going to be having this, this stimulus, or at least as far as we know, there's not going to be a stimulus. That has clearly helped us, especially here in Mississippi over the past uh, few months. That's, that's been a tremendous influx of money. That disappears. Uh, it's already really, for the most part, disappeared. Um, you also have just the harsh realities of a, of a global economy that is in recession. Um, I think you're going to have some changing buying habits. People a little bit hesitant to congregate. Uh, mm-hmm. Some companies have found that they can deal with uh, fewer people. They found that they can work remotely. And mm-hmm. some businesses, of course, have, have not survived and, and will not survive. So, mm-hmm. so you're going to see a little bit of a flattening growth going in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, we'll see growth in the in the in 2021. Um, right now, I think our latest projections show us growing somewhere around a little over three percent for 21 at the national level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for for Mississippi. Um, that number is going to be, uh, uh, let's see if I can see where I had that, uh, I think around, uh, let's see, I lost, I lost where I had that. I'd written that down. Let me see if I can find where I found it. I, had it. Uh, I think we're going to be a little bit less than that, as I okay. recall. Uh, 2.5%, there it is, 2.5% for 21. Uh, so nation a little over 3%, us a little over 2.5%. Mm-hmm. I think I think we've actually, as I mentioned before, we've actually performed better than the nation this year. I think for right now our projections for uh, the nation is a decline of five percent, and then for Mississippi is you know somewhere around three and a half to to four percent for the state. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we're performing a little bit better this year, but our, our his, history is we underperform the nation. It's it's very rare that we outperform the nation. In, um, and I think once you sort of get back to a little bit more normal, we get back into our more normal patterns. Mm-hmm. All right. So as we uh, look at the coming couple of quarters, there are a lot of people who are listening to us who, uh, you know, they're, they're college football fans. <laughs> and they're concerned about the effects on the economy in Hattiesburg and Starkville and Oxford. Um, you know, <laughs> You're right. Uh, whether it's by mandate or by personal choice, we're not going to be congregating, therefore spending money like we used to, right? It, it, it's exactly right. And it's interesting because you can talk about what's happening at the at the uh, national level. You can talk about what's happening at the state level. But then you get down to the local level, mm. and it can be a different story. I mean, you know, overall, the economy can, can be growing, but your local economy especially these small economies that are so dependent on this large influx of people mm-hmm. uh, to football games and things like this. I mean, it, it's clearly got an impact. And, yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, no matter how it goes, whether, whether the, uh, there's a mandate or whether it's just peaceful, per, personal choice, I, I think you're absolutely right that uh, places where these small communities that are dependent on, on this influx of folks are going to be they're going to be below the year ago, and I, I think that's that's to be expected. So, and I don't know how long it takes for us to get back to normal for that. I mean, yeah. you know, most of the projections I have seen uh, assume that we get we get some sort of uh, um, uh, medicine or something to by next year uh, that sort of puts this thing at bay. I think there'll probably be some lingering effects, as I said. Um, people will be hesitant to congregate. People will have learned that they can work from home, so they'll do that. So there's going to be a shift in mm-hmm. buying patterns. Um, there's already been a shift. You, you tell it by the advertisements. Mm-hmm. You look at what's being advertised. People, One of the big things that are selling right now is uh, new home gyms. And uh, people really call I think the phrase they're using now is nesting. Yes. Uh, people are, are taking care of their homes and their, their 
Home Depots have done very, very well this uh, this whole uh, time when we've been at home. And, um, so I think that that does change the, the buying habits, uh, uh, and I think that's going to probably have lingering effects. Not clear on what all those effects will be, uh, but this has been a very traumatic event, and traumatic events right. changes buying patterns. I, I think that's been one of the more interesting things to come out of all of this. I mean, even in our business, uh, we've had clients who you would have never thought would have adapted to technology and doing, uh, you know, teleconferences and, and video conferences and that sort of thing. Right. And, uh, you know, it really opens up the level of business that you can do mm-hmm. uh, because most people, they want to see their financial advisors, usually in person, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And now we can see clients really all over the world. And we, we've had that capability all along, but mm-hmm. now it just brought it to the forefront where people feel like, hey, yeah. you know, this, this isn't really so bad. Yeah. That's yeah. Ex- people, it becomes more acceptable and uh, more natural. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah, I think that affects us. It, it is interesting how it has affected people's buying habits. And even early on, you could see, uh, you know, we, we, of course, everybody was running out buying toilet paper and things like this, but then... Uh, the, the Walmart sales would, would shift to uh, the toy section, people buying puzzles and games and, and things like this. And then it went to, uh, I think it was uh, uh, hair products. Everybody was doing their own personal grooming. And it's just very interesting to see how the, uh, this big event has shaped buying patterns. And, and like I said, I, I do think it's going to continue on. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the 9-11 terrorist attack it took two years, over two years, before um, air travel got back to normal. Uh, and I think there's going to be a similar effect from, from all of this. Right. It, it seems to me that, um, and, and this is just my experience, that it always takes some kind of major event. And you look at, you know, you go back over history when you look at high oil prices in the 70s or civil rights issues in the 60s or, you know, the stock market crash in the 80s or, you know, the, the Russian debt crisis in 98 or, mm-hmm. or you know, all the, the, the Great Recession, right. 9-11, all mm-hmm. these things. But uh, it seems like Americans are very, very resilient we are. in the way that they come out of these things and, and usually learn a way to adapt and, and better accommodate for, for what they're going to do. And, and the economy itself, because of the American people are resilient, the economy itself is resilient. And and I know that you know early on when I was looking at revenues, for example, I I painted a pretty dismal part, picture for the uh, the revenues for the state of Mississippi mm-hmm. through all this. And we have seen revenues consistently outperform expectations. Now a lot of it has to do with the stimulus money, and we know that that's going to go away. But it it does it does also speak, I think, to the resiliency of the economy. Mm-hmm. And when you say the revenues for the state of Mississippi, you're talking about taxes. Bees. Yeah, that, that's primarily primarily what the state economist does, or one of its major, his major jobs is to forecast tax revenue. So sales tax, income tax, corporate tax, use tax, the, the whole nine yards uh, was pretty much involved in that. And uh, early on, when we were meeting with the uh, leadership, we were making some pretty dismal projections. I mean, it, it, uh, at that time, we didn't have a lot of data to go on, sure. and we were looking at what was happening at the national level, and we were assuming that you're going to see a similar um, reduction here in the in the state, mm-hmm. and that just didn't happen. I mean, you know, we, we did see a shutdown. It didn't last as long. 
I don't think as many businesses were affected by it as we were initially thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, people, people were pretty uh, innovative in finding ways to um, to to uh, continue in business. A lot of restaurants, you know, very quickly went to uh, curbside, and mm-hmm. uh, that that kept them afloat. Um, I mean, there's been companies that have been hurt. Don't get me wrong, and I know that. Um, but um, but it has surprised me at how has how strongly the state's economy has uh, persevered this whole this whole event. Yeah, um, and I think we're going to be talking about it for as you indicated. Uh, we came out of nine eleven. It took a couple years for the airline industry to get back. I, I think we're going to be talking about twenty twenty for decades. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, and they'll be analyzing it for years and years and years. Oh yeah, um, and, and it's going to take us some time. I don't want to, I don't want to paint it as, as just everything just rosy because sure. the, the recession was deep. I mean, it was a short recession. It was a self-induced recession, but it was a deep and and all-encompassing recession. And that takes time to recover. And I think the current projections for the nation is to be you know back to the same level of GDP somewhere late 21 i think mm-hmm. mississippi's probably going to be a little bit behind that maybe into 22 but um, but but still that's that's a pretty long recovery period as as recovery periods go yeah and you know uh, we we are spurred on as as bub indicated by these these occurrences I, I re- recall hearing my grandparents talk about uh, getting uh, a telephone and having electricity in the home because of what happened in the 30s and 40s. Um, hey. You know, if we'd just been floating along, uh, you know, we, all, we had the capability in America to, to do rural electricity and have Ma Bell uh, string wires and everything, but people wanted to stay in touch, and they wanted to be able to call people, and they wanted to be able to get information, and they wanted to take advantage of certain health care and all these things. Well, they needed electricity and telephones for that. Um, right. But, but up until then, they really weren't that motivated to pay all that extra. I, mean, I remember my, my grandmother uh, used to say that my grandfather said, I'll get a bill every month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> different world now. Yeah, and what do they say? Necessity is the mother of invention, and I think this place as well. That is, uh, you know, with the, with the changing buying habits, people are becoming innovative, and uh, like you you mentioned, uh, the folks who are becoming more comfortable with uh, Zoom and all these other technological advances and things like this. I mean, people get innovative; they do what they have to do, and yeah. I, I think that's especially true for. For Americans in, in general, and you know Mississippi as, as well. So yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm encouraged um, not just because the the economic numbers start to look better, but it just seems to me that that Americans in their resiliency do learn um, and they do adapt. And uh, you know the next two or three years um, usually show us being different people. Hopefully, on the positive side, uh, everything from social change all the way to the comfort level of, of technology. We're going to take another break here at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk, and when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation with Dr. Darren Webb right here on the Advisors Roundtable. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio as we have 
the entire show had uh, our economist Darren, Dr. Darren Webb, and and Dr. Webb, uh, we we touched on it a little earlier in the show, but talk to me a, a little bit about your plans for retirement. We we, we talked in the, in the break, but I, I thought that was interesting, and maybe one some of our listeners would want to hear what what you're thinking about your own retirement. Well, um, I have uh, been a bivocational pastor for 22 years, and uh, you know you're, you're always trying to balance your your, your energies and your, your time with those uh, your full time job and then you know, working as a pastor. Mm-hmm. And so I'm open to be able to spend a little bit more time uh, in the ministry, and um, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy Bible studies. I enjoy writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping to do some writing in um, uh, in, in that general area, and then. I uh, also, as an economist, I'm going to try to keep my hand in economics. I've, I've got some you know, private sector economist positions that I can do. I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to try my best to avoid any full-time work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to work part-time doing a little consulting, I mean, statistical analysis, and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, we've got a, we've got a, a, some land up in Louisville. We've got uh, pine trees up there. and We always enjoy going up there. I'm hoping to spend more time up there. Um, visiting family and that sort of thing. So uh, yeah. I'm mainly I'm mainly hoping to have more flexibility on my time. That's that's probably the biggest thing, and less stress. Less stress. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely less stress, right? Uh, yes. But on the other hand, being able to choose how you use your mind and choose how you use your talents and and choose how to you use your knowledge and your contacts exactly. and all of that, that that's a wonderful thing to be able to to to. to to, to do a lifestyle to have in, in retirement. So congratulations to you. Um, that, that, that is exactly what we're hoping for. So yeah. My wife and I hope to be able to, to do exactly that. Yeah. Tell me, uh, kind of completely changing the subject, subject here, but still related to economics. Recently, uh, in the last two or three weeks, uh, the the Fed has has been in the news, uh, you know, uh, making some decisions and and giving some direction about uh, the attitude they're going to have going forward and how they're going to be looking at certain numbers from your point of view and how they uh, would apply to Mississippi. Uh, tell me, when the Fed does something, how does that affect the guy on the street in Louisville? Well, um, you know, I think you know, for the most part, he, he doesn't even know what the Fed's doing, but it does <laughs> impact him in terms of interest rates and, mm-hmm. and things like this. And I think one of the things that the Fed has done is, is signaled to us that uh, their changing attitude toward things like inflation mm-hmm. and uh, their attitude is going to be toward in, uh, interest rates. It, it, mm-hmm. We're pretty much expecting, I think most economists are expecting, uh, interest rates to remain very low for the for the next several years, mm-hmm. which is... I guess in itself kind of remarkable, um, you know, but um, but I think that that, that that will take place, and that means that uh, I think you do have to be a little bit smarter about where you put your money. Um, mm-hmm. You can't just stick it in a savings account because it's it's not going to draw much interest <laughs> for, for quite some time. So Right. Now, inflation. Um, the, 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 the person on the street, uh, inflation affects them sometimes, right? It does. It certainly does. And... and and I, but I, I don't think that what the Fed has done is is indicated that they're going to be, you know, skyrocketed inflation. I think that we have had we've had several years now, really, with relatively low inflation, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that they're part of that has been their attitude toward it, trying to keep it low. 
And from my understanding, what they're going to do now is, is they're, they're going to allow it to trend up just a little bit. But but I still expect it to be relatively low. I mean, I remember when I started as an economist, you know, we, we almost always assumed at least 3% inflation. And in, really, we're not we're not seeing that. You know, it's it's below 2% or has been. And yeah. so uh, so I think we're going to see inflation, you know, tip up just a little bit. It'll, it'll go you know, between two and three percent, but I, I don't see it. We're not we're not anticipating skyrocketing inflation at this point. Um, I think there's enough slack in the economy that, that that's um, that's really not a threat at this point in the game. Right. Well, you know, in the in the past, what I seem to see as as I monitored the Fed a little bit was that you know inflation would rear its ugly head. Uh, and and change by a half of a percent or a percent yeah. or whatever, and man, the the uh, the Fed would just pounce on it, you know, like right. a dog to a bone. Uh, right. Now it, it seems they say they're going to let it run, or at least a little more relaxed about that. So mm. yeah, exactly. I think that's and, I, and again, I do, I think that that you know that that, that we need that, you know, because they, they you know, we we, we need a, we need the economy to pick up and to grow, and um, and they're they're going to do their best not to shoot themselves in the foot, or at least I think that's what they're going to try to do. How do you, how do you think the average person out there who's, uh, you know, just worried about keeping their lights on and sending their kids to college and saving a little money, uh, paying off their house, those sorts of things, how do you, what do you think about their wages? Do you, do you see any wage growth, uh, the possibility they'll make a little bit more money because their boss will, will, uh, feel that, you know, he can give them a 3 to a 5% bump? What do you think? You know, the, the demographics support wage growth, but it's it's but it has for some time, and we really haven't seen it. And what I mean by that is, is that um, you know, you're, you're seeing an aging population, people exiting the labor force, so you should have been seeing some wage uh, growth. Mm. I think what's dampened it has been, you know, relatively sluggish productivity growth. We haven't really seen that mm. uh, as we've seen in the past. And then and then also, you know, we've been we've been living in a period of time with tremendous uncertainty, and that really goes back to even uh, even before the Great Recession, uh, just tremendous uncertainty. And what that has meant is businesses have been very very cautious, and and in terms of you know, raising wages and uh, and even hiring, you know, but I mean, the hiring part has sort of improved, but but wage growth has really not done that well, and not not to what you would expect it to have been given the demographics. Um, the, uh, the the COVID now it has just been a sort of another layer of uncertainty. We've got uh, we don't know whether or not there's going to be another stimulus. We don't know whether or not the COVID numbers are going to increase in the fall. So those kinds of things. We've got an election coming up. Um, you know, I mean, I think for the most part, the COVID is going to be shaping the economy more than the election. But we have to recognize that you know the, the two different camps have two different views of. Of the economy, they have two different views of, of the COVID, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, one seems to support uh, the shutting down a bit more than the other. And so, if you shut down, that's going to affect the economy. So, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, the point getting—I sort of veered off, but the, the point is, uncertainty mm-hmm. has been a major factor in limiting growth, uh, really, for some time. And uh, I remember my predecessor, you know, Phil Pepper, when he was a state economist, he. He started talking about that long before anybody else started talking about it. It's this ratcheting down of growth, and we have experienced that even before uh, the Great Recession. And I think that uh, that's kind of the environment that we are in, relatively low growth, and uh, that's been the case for some time. And I, and I don't see that changing. I mean, we've, we've got this 
this big event that's kind of made us plunge and made us come back up real strong. Uh, but, you know, after a period of time, we're going to settle back down. And what we're going to settle back down is probably in that same, you know, two, two and a half percent growth that we've been seeing uh, for the past several years. So. Yeah, well, uh, this uncertainty that, that you talk about, I, I think a lot of it is, is legitimate. I mean, you pointed out a, sure. a number of things there, and then obviously we got China sitting over there and a number of other things that we're going to have to deal with. But some of it's attitude, isn't it? I mean, don't you think? Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, there, there's, I think part of it is that we've, we've been through a period of time where there's been a lot of social changes taking place, mm-hmm. and, and, and that sort of that sort of makes people uh, just not sure of how that's going to play out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had some large policy issues that have arisen uh, uh, during the Obama administration. You know, you had you had their various stimulus packages that they had. They had their whole attitude toward bond markets and, and things like this, and, uh, and just a lot of uncertainty was created with that. We had the, the, um, the Obamacare bill, which was just wide sweeping. You had major reform in the financial institutions and also wide, uh, wide, wide mm-hmm. spread and those things have been that. Then you've got, you know, Trump comes in and uh, for the most part the economy has done relatively well right. and he starts rocketing the boat with China, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and trade wars and things like this. And even before the COVID, we were, you know, we were feeling the effects of that. Mm-hmm. Before, and, it, and it does increase the level of uncertainty, and, and uncertainty is not good for the markets. It's not good. It's not good for the economy. And uh, uh, you know, attitudes. There's, it is attitudes, but it's, there's a reason why the attitudes are what they are. It's because you know you've got a lot of folks rocketing, rocking the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm certain of one one thing, and that is that uh, the advisors roundtable is very fortunate to have an association with Dr. Darren Webb and having him uh, come in and give us uh, a perspective. Uh, a, a local perspective mm-hmm. on economics. So, Dr. Webb, thanks a lot for being with us again, uh, and we're going to continue to to call you and bug you about these kinds of things. and And I appreciate you for being so open to us. Well, I appreciate you having me. I sure have enjoyed it. Enjoyed talking to you. You have a great day, Dr. Webb. And uh, Bubba, you know, uh, always talking about economics is not necessarily boring. And so uh, it's, it's... It doesn't have to be, at it least. It doesn't have yeah. to be boring here at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Have a great day. Discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the 
the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Mm-hmm.